Welcome to Family Unmuted, where Ruben and Tiana Estrada open the door to their lives as real estate brokers, owners of a family business, parents, and everything in between. This is our world, Unmuted. All right, so welcome back. Um, this episode is with our good friend, John. Um, introduce yourself for everybody. Uh, yeah, well, thank you for having me, Ruben. Um, my name is John Mahoney. I run an insurance agency. Um, and yeah, I'm born and raised in Colorado. I love fishing. I love playing basketball. And, you know, I really like just uh, trying to be optimistic about all this craziness of life and having a good time making new relationships. Those are some of my super basic life values. Wow. Where do you fish? Uh, Spinny Reservoir, kind of in the Fair Play, um, 11 Mile Reservoir, mm. and then Terriol Reservoir. Those are kind of my three nice. top spots. Nice. Mainly trout. Do you have yeah. any secret bait for people, or do you do fly fishing? Uh, no, I do not do fly fishing. Oh, you don't? Okay. I am trying to get out there and learn how to wield a fly rod, if you will. Yeah. But, um, no, lots of shiny red and silver little spinny guys. Oh, okay. Spinny flies. That's at least what I catch pike on. Okay. Um, and yeah, I hear... Like, I've caught a good amount of pike, and apparently I'm lucky for that. Yeah. Because a lot of people are just kind of going into fishing stories. Uh, I guess pike are one of the more possibly difficult catch mm. to fish. and I, you know, Well, they're huge, right? Uh, Generally, they're pretty big they, fish. I think they do yeah. get very yeah. big. Yeah. You know, the ones I catch are usually at smaller lakes, but... Okay. Yeah, pike are super fun to catch. They're aggressive. They will, they'll fight you a little bit. So okay. I've been lucky just talking to more advanced fishermen. You know, uh, for having snagged a few pike, and okay. I guess it is more of a rarity. So I'm no like crazy awesome fisherman. <laughs> okay. I just like going and having a good time, right. really. But it <laughs> just is just an excuse to have some have some beers on a boat or that something could like be. that. Yeah, that could so. be <laughs> cool. Well, give us a little more detail. Um, so you're born, then what? You know, kind of deal, <laughs> right? Let's see here. Oh uh, yeah, as I mentioned, born and raised in the Denver area. Okay. Grew up in yeah Westminster. Okay. Uh, under a single mother household. My mom is an absolute animal. Um, she's just amazing. She raised me and my sister for some years. Um, she did meet somebody eventually and she's super happy. But that's actually how I got into an insurance, which I'll get to mm. in a second. Mm. Went to Jefferson Academy High School in Broomfield. Yep. 3A charter school. Uh, I enjoyed my education, you know, high school. It's one of those times that's super weird and like you learn a lot about yourself and mm -hmm. college even more so. Yeah. Um, graduated from JA, went to Northeastern Junior College. Mm. Where's Where that at? That's in Sterling, Colorado. Okay. They're a big baseball yep. school. Yep. Um, I didn't play baseball. I went and studied business. I had a buddy out there. He He's a diesel mechanic and they have a great mechanic program. Oh, wow. They are like a lot of trade. Uh, based degrees out there. Okay. Um, and then, of course, like your business and a lot of the general degrees as well. Mm -hmm. So I actually started at Metro. I was a little too close to home. I kind of wanted to get away. So mm. I ended up going to Northeastern in Sterling, got my associate's degree out there. It was nice like to get out of Denver a little bit. Yeah. I didn't go too far from home, about right. two hours, but it was far enough. It was kind of the perfect distance to experience a new area get away from home a little bit you know becoming you know more of a responsible man and kind of learning those skills of living on your own sure so that was huge 
moved back to Denver, finished my degree, my bachelor degree at Metro uh, in business. So you've always had this like business desire totally. to like own your own business or to run a business. What, what was, where'd you see yourself? I would say I've always had kind of the desire. Yeah. I've always from a younger age wanted, you know, to be a leader, you know, mainly just for my community. And I've always been involved in team sports and mm. that's a huge passion of mine. And I think that teaches, you know, children and kids and high school and college and young adults all the way throughout life like you uh team sports are just at least in my life the best way to to build relationships and kind of learn those skills of working with people sure sure um what was your question again no it was just learning more about you you know <laughs> yeah something in the, in the business side of things like why the did you choose business things, yeah. um so i and i was kind of grandfathered into Yes, the insurance industry, but more just kind of business in general. My mom ran uh, an all-state insurance agency for 20-something years. So even as a kid, I was kind of getting involved with insurance or at least like filing papers away for her. Sure. Um, and it was always, as I got older, teenage years, it was still in the back of my head. You know, it's, if you can figure it out, you can turn that into, you know, a good lifestyle. and. Mm -hmm you know, meet a lot of good people in different industries and it is insurance. One of the biggest things, yeah. biggest values. Yeah. It's a door opener right. to just, meet but we all people. need it, right? Yeah. We all need yeah. it. Yeah. I work so. with yeah tons of different types of people and that's why I keep doing it. I just love one meeting new people and then just learning like different experiences of life. Mm -hmm. It's uh fascinating to me really. Cool. That's awesome. So you go, grew up here, went to school here, Graduated locally. Yeah. Went to college. Got a business degree. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, then what? So after, yep, got the business degree at Metro. So you graduate from college and you're like, uh-oh. Now what yeah, do I do, oh, right? Shoot. <laughs> the fun stuff is over. Now we got to figure this out. Did you look for a job first? I did. So yeah. it was kind of nice. Um, my senior year at Metro was 2020. So everything went online. Mm. There was no in-person classes. And I had right. like, it's COVID, right? Yeah, COVID yeah. year, I had maybe, I think I had six or nine credits, so I had like two or three classes left that mm. semester, May of 2020. So it all moved online. I wasn't even going to campus anymore. So I did actually go work at an all-state agency. Mm. Uh, I got my property and casualty license when I turned 20 years old, finished my three classes while I was working at this agency. Um, because at that point, I did know I was probably going to go into insurance, mm. test the waters. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, just given that I did kind of have a network into the insurance industry already, mm -hmm. I thought it would be kind of almost dumb of me not to at least pursue that for a little bit. Okay. So I pursued it. Uh, I'm glad I did. I am an insurance nerd for sure. Mm. But uh, yeah, so while I'm finishing school, got my insurance license, started working at Allstate. Did that for three years, four years across two different all-state agencies. Um, and then last year, last summer, here we are. I left all-state, uh, went to the broker side of insurance, mm -hmm. opened my own shop here. Um, and shoot, we've been full speed ahead ever since. Wow. So explain that for folks in that what is the broker side of things? Totally. What does that mean? Yeah, that's a confusing area. 
in a lot of industries too, mm-hmm. there's always a broker side. Um, insurance, I can't speak of any more industries. All I know about is insurance, really. Mm-hmm. An insurance broker, the advantages that I have to give to my clients is just a bigger amount of quotes and options. I have contracts with all these different insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Rather than when I was just with Allstate, I love Allstate. I'll always have a soft spot for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, shoot, they're my mom's agency with Allstate. They were the reason she was able to bring my sister and I up and allow us to live a decent lifestyle with a single mother. So mm-hmm. I will always have a soft spot for Allstate. But in my experience, I think the broker side of the industry provides better business, more options, more availability for clients, for consumers like us mm-hmm. that are just shopping for insurance so often. Right. It's like one of my main things is just, if I can work with somebody, we're going to look at 10 plus different insurance companies for you, analyze kind of who has the best rates. Is it, here's what State Farm looks like for you. Here's what Nationwide looks like for you. What are the differences in cost, coverage, deductibles? Mm-hmm. All this lingo jingo. Yep. Um, now, in the captive side, that's the other side. Brokers and the captive. So, strictly just all state agents or strictly just state farm agents. Mm-hmm. They have their advantages as well. Um, you know, they are reaching more people just given their logo and their sure. name. They've, they've been do around. It. Totally. For a while. They've been around. Yep. Great companies, big yep. companies. Yep. Um, so there's benefits and drawbacks, I think, to both sides. My passions and my values definitely pulled me towards the broker side. Um, and for me, it was literally just to provide more quote options for my prospects. Cool. You know, there's probably some other reasons in there, but that was yeah. the big one that carries the most weight. You didn't want sure. to be in a sort of a box with well, just one option. Totally. And yeah. when I was in that little box... Again, there were plenty of benefits in that area, mm-hmm. but I just felt like when I was trying to serve insurance to some of our prospects, I was just, you know, fighting whether we had high rates that year mm-hmm. or whether I'm, you know, just trying to explain how and why we're so much better than all these other insurance companies. Very competitive industry. Mm-hmm. You walk, you know, 20 feet, you'll see a couple different agencies. Sure. But um, it's like the real estate business. Totally, you know? yeah. You throw a rock, you can hit nine realtors so we as consumers yeah we do have just a plethora of options so it really is what does separate us yeah when i was with with allstate it was still the people and our brand and you know our claims department they had our customers backs for sure Mm -hmm. but that was it Mm. you know if we had high rates there's your rates i I can't do anything else sorry Mm -hmm. Yeah, they would, you know, they take it or leave it, and yeah, have to go through the whole process again with a different agent. Mm-hmm. Um, Yikes! So that was the other thing is like if I can yeah. limit the amount of phone calls that the people of Thornton are making. Yeah, um, yeah, it's kind of a one-stop shop type of deal. Cool, if you will. Cool. So you you mentioned you learned you use the word geek out, which is kind of like me. You know, I love to geek out on numbers yes. and data and stuff like that. Totally. So when you geek out with insurance, what does that mean? Uh, so well, do you like just you read policies at night before you go to bed, or what does that look like? Yeah, I spend my weekends <laughs> while I'm fishing and just reading insurance policies. No, uh, when I geek out about insurance, what I mean by that is it's a boring subject. Yeah, and I agree with you. Yeah, insurance yeah. is boring. Yeah, I man. do. Uh, it's 
a confusing area, just all the different terminology and lingo and Yep. You know, it is similar to maybe like health insurance that which is probably 10 times more confusing, honestly, right, but Right, right. Just all these different terms and kind of how things will play out on the policy you have on paper versus mm. oh, I have a claim. This is real life and I need help. Right. So that is where I try to be that middleman of here's your insurance policy. This is a big document with lots of papers and numbers and words. If something were to happen, an accident, a fire, an injury, here's how that's going to translate in real life with these numbers, with these terms, and yep. here's what it means. Yep. So like when I say I geek out, when people ask me questions about their insurance, I love it for some reason. I do, yeah. yeah. Um, and mainly because I, they probably don't understand it as well as I do, just being that I have studied the industry for about five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll talk insurance all day with people, mainly because where I get the value out of it is, as weird as it sounds, like I can slightly help somebody in their day, whether it's allowing them to understand their coverage a little bit better and translate that to real life, whether it's saving them, you know, a thousand something dollars on their insurance, that always feels great. Yeah. Um, so that's where I get the value is like okay. being that middleman between yeah. a confusing and expensive industry and right. then, you know, us normal people yeah. of Thornton, Colorado. Yeah. Well, in the real estate business, we have, you have what we call a functionary where, you know, they just go through the motions and they just tell you the information and, you know, it's not really, it's pretty low level service. Sure. And then you have the fiduciary where you're like, you got your people's back Mm -hmm. and you're more of a consultant and you're providing options and you're providing clarification and sometimes some murky language or waters. And that's the difference. Like I see you as a fiduciary for your people because my office is right next to yours. So unfortunately you probably hear some of my conversations. I see here some of your conversations and I know you got your people's back and that's what we appreciate about you. That's why we do business with you. That's why you handle our insurance. And I just, I don't think people understand the difference between the functionary and the fiduciary. And I don't know if you even have a legal obligation to be a fiduciary for, for folks. Not an insurance. No. I, I think mean, there should be at a I, certain level, but there's not. Absolutely. But you, you actually step into that role nicely. And I think that's a huge difference. So, um, so as far as geeking out and... What, what do you think people should know about their insurance policies? What are maybe three or four take sure. things that, you know, if they're listening to this, they need to know, you know, certain things about their policy and who they're doing business with and who their carrier is. Absolutely. Am I using the right language? Are, yeah. Oh, my gosh. 100%. Holy smokes. Wow. <laughs> you so, that. you know, <laughs> so, so what, what should people take away? Sure. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, to kind of start off on that point, that is... Yes, one of our agency values is, hey, we have a new customer on the phone. We're going to go through the quote process with you. We want to, yeah, we want to let you know the important things to know as a homeowner purchasing insurance because there are a few things that are important. But there's also a lot of things that you don't necessarily need to keep in the top of your mind as a homeowner. Right. You have a local agent. That's why you use them so you can rely on them as needed. Mm Mm-hmm. 
some of those things, you know, as a homeowner, the important things, your dwelling coverage. I think homeowners should check that as they get their renewal documents each year. Mm-hmm. In turn, I think their agent should be calling them to review that with them each year. Mm-hmm. Dwelling coverage is huge. Real life example uh, in Superior, the yeah, um, what's the name of the fire? Marshall right? fires. Marshall fires. Yeah, tragic event, and people are still suffering from that like crazy, and it makes mm-hmm. me just so sad that the insurance industry failed those. Uh, people in you know my home state mm-hmm. uh, it was terrible um, and those people are still suffering to this day it's sure you know almost two full years later I think um, I think it was a year anniversary recently this last December yeah. okay yeah yeah so you know those people could be displaced for another few years and to my understanding just reading the news and reading all these insurance forums that well it's very clear their properties were underinsured in a massive market in the Denver metro area. Hmm. Um, houses were underinsured insurance companies were not increasing their dwelling coverage like they should to account for those things like cost of materials and inflation and supply chain how are we going to get a bunch of lumber and steel to rebuild these houses it's going to cost money right um and the insurance were you know that's where your dwelling coverage is used is uh if the house goes bye-bye god forbid yep that number on your dwelling coverage is what the insurance company will provide you wow a lot of those people were underinsured by a lot yep i personally in that situation i put a lot of that on the local agents potentially you know that it's not anybody's fault i would say that Mm -hmm. is a natural disaster right that a lot of people are suffering we may not ever see something like that in our lifetime we might not right but so you know i think what i learned from it as an agent i just want to make sure i am reaching out to my clients Mm mm-hmm reviewing their coverage with them making sure it is up you know up to par with the current economy factors and all these things that play into rebuilding your home if it were to you know to go away god forbid Mm -hmm. dwelling coverage is a big one um deductibles that's another terminology everyone hears Mm -hmm. i think most people are kind of equipped deductible out of pocket amount that is what my responsibility is as a homeowner is my deductible if there's a claim. Mm -hmm. The insurance company covers the rest Mm -hmm. at a very broad level. Mm -hmm. Deductibles, especially for property owners these days, um, they're moving to a percentage-based deductible Mm. rather than a flat $2,500, $1,000 deductible. A lot of companies now are moving to those percentage-based deductibles. Meaning, so if you have a percentage of what? It is a percentage of your dwelling coverage. Oh, of your dwelling so, coverage. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, so, yeah, the, I gotcha. The basic one, let's say you have $500,000 in dwelling coverage for mm-hmm. your home, mm-hmm. a 1% deductible, you have a $5,000 deductible. Gotcha. Here's the weird thing about that and why I steer clear of those percentage-based deductibles quite a bit, and there's other factors where we might have to do that for a client mm-hmm. and just monitor it a little bit better, and here's why. The percentage-based deductibles being a percentage of that dwelling coverage will change on the same scale as your dwelling coverage. Basically, your dwelling coverage gets adjusted each year by the insurance company to account for those things, inflation, cost of materials. In the Marshall Fire situation, those policies were being adjusted, just not enough. Mm. They were not being adjusted enough. Mm. Um, therefore, if you have a percentage-based deductible, that deductible is getting adjusted on the same scale as your dwelling coverage. Mm-hmm. 
So you might have, yeah, comfortable $2,000, a.k.a. 1% deductible, but something crazy happens. The insurance company wants to bump up your dwelling coverage another, you know, $50,000 because we just had another crazy supply chain issue, let's mm-hmm. say. Therefore, your deductible is also getting increased, and now maybe you have a, you know, $3,500, $4,000 deductible mm-hmm. when you thought you've had the same $2,000 deductible. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that even just kind of listening to myself talk would get confusing. Sure. And they do yeah. because I hear stories about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing. Those percentage-based deductibles, they're not a bad thing if you have somebody to just monitor that and rely on or unless you're going to do that yourself and kind of understand how that works in the insurance world, which yeah. I would never expect my clients to right. have to take their time to do that. Like that's right. what I'm here for. Right. Um, so just kind of monitoring those weird things that as a, sure. as a, you know, a homeowner, I might not understand, but as you know, a studied insurance agent, I do get it. And we see that all the time. So that's another kind of difference of like, as you were saying, the fiduciary versus mm-hmm. kind of the functionary. Functionary, yep. totally. Is, yep. um, yeah, functionary would be like, here's your here's your policy, here's your coverage, here's your deductible. Totally. Which yeah, one do you that, want? And that would make me sick <laughs> if I were to <laughs> yeah. if I were to have that kind of yeah. conversation with right. anybody. That would right. just yeah make me sick about myself. So right. Yeah, our main thing is really just kind of. Laying out the important things just clearly mm-hmm. for our clients to know it is important. You know, I want you to review your renewal documents as they come to you. And then, you know, let's review it together, though. You, you know, it's not all just on our clients to hope they have great coverage or enough coverage. Right. Um, right. So it is a good kind of split of a relationship between myself as the agent and all my clients. I think right now being, you know, a year into business, uh, as a local insurance agent, you know, I think we do a fairly good job at just making sure our customers know, hey, we are here for you. But, you know, we don't control the insurance rates. We don't control yeah. the world. Right. Um, I'm here to take those products that these big companies are offering, make them make sense to normal people like you and I, mm-hmm. and then lay it out, you know, for our clients and, and the people of our community here. So, cool. you cool. know, the, the uncontrollables... You know, we can work with you on price. We have ways to fix up a policy to work with you on price. So mm-hmm. let's focus on coverage. Let's make sure your assets and your future, you know, are protected the way they need to be. And then, you know, if for some reason price doesn't work out, let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Let's get that price lower. So okay. it is very insurance. You think it's a, here it is. That's your price. Yeah. Goodbye. Set it and forget it. Totally. But it's but not. Like, it isn't. There yeah. are ways to personalize and customize to a T based on, you know, your values and my values and putting those values together and working on your insurance, you know, as kind of a team almost. And so, yeah, I love it. I'll always be an insurance nerd. You can come to me with questions. I'll talk about it all day. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) Well, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, Get in touch with me at my website, peaceofmind.pro. Our business name is Mahoney Insurance Next Dimension. And we provide peace of mind with your insurance protection. Phone number 303-268-5555. Call or text that. Um, you know, or Ruben, I know you have a, a strong pull in the community. Get yeah. in touch with uh, Mr. Ruben and 
I'm sure you can slide awesome. my card as needed. But, Absolutely. Uh, well, if people come to our events, you're usually there. Yeah, totally. So come to the yeah, come to the, events. our events, and yes. you'll probably see John there. You and know, hey, my, hanging out. I appreciate you guys. Yeah. One, just having me uh, to record a podcast with you, and you know, allow me to have a platform to speak to some of your clients and your followers, and um, probably more than that. You know, the internet does crazy things these yeah. days. So another. Uh, just thing I'm grateful for you guys bringing me in over this last year and um, kind of making me feel like family almost and giving me a shot to work with you on your insurance and you know my main thing was I wanted to show you kind of how the process works and I can get translated well to kind of move that along to your clients as well who I've met a handful of them already and um, they're all just similar like-minded normal people that want to have good relationships with friendly people and that's what I like you know yeah that's what I appreciate is just friendly conversation if we work on your insurance great if not fantastic you know right. let's have a conversation and see if we're a good fit cool man well thanks for being on here of course thank you Ruben. and we'll have you again for sure awesome so pleasure all right